Rand Paul Lusses. And minuses. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. All right, here we are once again. And uh, this is a return to one of our favorite features here at Lions of Liberty. I think I actually say that about all our features. So at some point, I'm going to have to start making some discerning some uh, some favorites here. But for now, for today at least, this is my favorite feature that I'm recording right now at least. And it is, of course, Rand, Pauluses, and Minuses. And to do that, I've brought in our resident Rand Paul expert, Mr. Brian McWilliams. Hello again. Thanks for that ringing endorsement, by the way. Favorite feature that you're recording right today at this moment. At what time is it? To make sure there's not going to something else coming out. Don't reveal the time. We cannot let them too far behind the. That's true. We don't want to tam tam stipe time stamp. It's been a long. It's been a long week. It's been a long it's week. Only it's only Tuesday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. It's been a long it's week. Been, see, I told you not to let them behind the curtain. They don't know it. Now I just, know I'm just i showing recording. a little leg. I'm giving them a glint. Oh, I'm giving a little right. a little, little something to pull the That's car over. That's all for and, now. As far as you in. know, this is, this is coming out to you live on Thursday. That's right. Don't be fooled. So anyway, yes, I'm here again to go through our wonderful breakdown of Rand pluses and minuses. We'll go through what Rand has been doing over the past couple couple weeks now. Our last, you can find our last one a couple weeks back in the uh, the episodes. You can find all of the Rand pluses and minuses, by the way, at lionsofliberty.com forward slash Rand. Look at this guy getting his plugs in without even being prompted. This is I know. Hard. Speaking of plugs, I need to get a, a Rand pluses and minuses T-shirt on Liberty Maniacs. Can we get can we get Dan to do that? When you said speaking of plugs, I thought you were going to say I could really use some hair plugs. No, so I am really bald and beautiful, man. The ladies don't mind this. And, and and fresh from the gym, sitting next to you, still sweating. But yes, well, you should. I made time to do this by coming straight there. I'm sitting in a pool of my own sweat. You are. And just uh, it's soaking it's, into the, it's the really wood of the seat. actually. Yeah, um, I'm yeah, staining you, it. You can replace that sweaty t shirt with a t shirt from libertymaniacs.com. And. Because you are, well, you're more than just a listener, but for the listeners out there, and for my co-hosts, co-hosts apply as well, uh, you can actually get a 10% discount on your entire order. You don't need to get just t-shirts, you can get mugs, which are good for coffee, but also good for drinking whiskey and other assorted items, so that's good to know. Mm-hmm. And uh, all sorts of other satirical gear. There's some really good stuff over there, so check out libertymaniacs.com, get 10% off by using discount code Lions of Liberty. How's that for a plug? That's yeah. pretty great. All right. Now, getting into things, it has been a long few weeks. It's been a long few weeks since we've uh, been here in the Lions of Liberty Studios to discuss this particular gentleman, at least uh, for the whole show. We did have a Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor episode where we talked about the entire GOP debate. We had our boy Johnny Adams in here. And uh, so we're not going to spend too much or possibly any time on talking about the debate since we already did so in that show. But how about a one-sentence summary of of Rand's debate performance for, for the newbies out there? Oh my god, it's too much there's too much going on for one second. Three sentence. words. Uh let's see. Act, pretend it's a tweet. Blowback matters. Okay. That's good because he brought up blowback. He did. Did he use that term? I don't recall. He didn't use that term, but I mean essentially that's what that's it came fine. That's he what it, it amounted to was saying that hey, blowback exists and our, their presence in the Middle East has been a big detriment right. and hasn't changed. So, kudos to him. That was my my uh, big takeaway cuz I was impressed that he actually went into that. Well, speaking but, 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 wait. Okay, okay. Ready? Segue. Speaking of ran going into that and he espoused more of his libertarian viewpoints. Now, why is that? Some I don't may say. know why. Why all of a sudden? And here's why. It's because uh, recently it came out that a lot of his bigger backers have been saying, Ran, 
look, man, you got to talk about libertarian stuff a lot more. Have they gonna... been saying that to him or in this the media is... or just no. saying it through their actions? This is in private meetings with him. Now, this is this is some of his private donors. Now, there's also other donors who we'll talk about in a second. But some of his private larger donors had said to him, hey, you know what? We want to keep supporting you, but you're not talking about libertarian values enough. You're getting too sucked into the neocon BS that's going on like everybody else. You need to start stepping up, being more of the Paul and less of the Rand. Of course, by that, I mean more of the Ron Paul with the libertarian values and the straight shooting and straight talk than the Rand. I'm going to get in bed with neocons and half the time and half the time be libertarian and keep everybody guessing type of deal. And that statement actually came from um, a Paul spokesman, someone from his camp, this, this Sergio Gore fella, as you mentioned in, in this week's Who, edition had, of Rand Pluses and Minuses. I had never actually realized that was his spokesperson's name. I must have read 50 articles on Rand oh, Paul. He probably has but... more than one spokesperson, no? Maybe. Or I don't know like if he does or not. I think he's the spokesperson, but I just never really made note of his name. But Sergio Gore is a pretty interesting name. Well, he's got a cool name. I'll give him that. Gotta give him so, that. I assume that's the only qualification you really need right. to be a spokesman. Right? I think so. Um, so that's why I think a lot of these, you know, his tactics in the debate have changed because he's getting internal pressure uh, and admittedly getting internal pressure to, to kind of change his viewpoints. Now, whether that's come too little too late, who knows? Because one of the biggest stories that, that we're writing about is that he had lost the support of a super PAC, one of three super PACs that Rand has back in a month. And this one was called the Purple Pack. And Purple Pack was run by one of the co-founders of the Cato Institute named Ed Crane. Ed Crane, who has been a bit of a source, not a source, but um, part of the kind of inner libertarian controversy over the years. He, of course, co-founded the Cato Institute with Mr. Murray Rothbard, and uh, a lot of people would, would have a hard time associating these two because Cato Institute is often seen as sort of the compromising, working with government sort of, you know, organization, whereas, uh, you know, Murray Rothbard is quite the opposite of that. He's, you know, end all things government, end the state, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but that is, that actually is sort of the source of the split and, and where all that came off. I actually did an interview with Brian Doherty way back in the day, uh, in the first year or so of this podcast, all about that. So we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Most definitely. And if you want a little bit more Cato bashing, we, we republished some articles from a, uh, a very, very talented writer, very intelligent guy called the Bionic Mosquito. And he routinely loves to uh, to point out Cato's shortcomings, let's say, in the libertarian world. So check him out as well. We can also link to that. So, yeah. So Ed Crane, he said, no more. No more support for Randy Pants. Hashtag Randy Pants. And he even hashtagged it on Twitter, didn't he? Yes. Ed Crane that went out of his way. That may not be true. I leave that to the <laughs> listener to decide. But there is a disclaimer there. Um, but you yeah. guys should hashtag Randy Pants when you're talking about this show. Please do. And also, if you're going to hashtag it, you know, come back at us. Let us know you did it because we'll retweet it. We will. We'll get you some followers. I guarantee if you if you use the hashtag Randy Pants, we shall retweet it. We shall. We'll even put it on a t-shirt at Liberty Maniacs. So this is kind of... So there's kind of two things happening, because here... All right, so we lost one of the, the, the packs. Now, this pack, it's not clear that they've actually spent any money on Rand Paul yet. Is that correct? They I haven't done any Rand Paul ads. They just have been collecting money, saying that they are kind of turning their mission towards specifically supporting Rand Paul. And now Ed Crane has come out and said, well, we're not... That's not what we're doing. Yeah, and actually. if they had spent any, it's it's a minuscule amount. I, I'd looked up the amount of money they actually raised, and it was like $1.2 million. And uh, so, and, and I know that I think of at least a million of that they're just sitting on. So yeah, none of this has really gone towards Rand. So mm, you know, if if a super PAC falls in the woods, doesn't make any sound, kind of thing. <laughs> right. 
But uh, that, so there's that that happened, and I mean, I mean, obviously it doesn't affect him too much. It's not like they were spending money on him previously, so there's no hole right. to be filled there. And it's but not it's, a massive amount of money anyway. When you look at how much money Ben Carson's raising, like twenty million dollars is what he raised last sure. quarter. Rand raised two point five million. So the, you know, it would have been, I guess, a lot of money compared to the money he's been raising. It's about half, but it the overall scheme of things, it, it's still not that much. Right. But at the same time, Ed Crane, pretty influential guy, pretty pretty big name in the, the grand scope of libertarianism. I don't know how, how well he's known in mainstream America or anything, but in terms of libertarian circles, he's certainly somebody people know about. So, you know, it's not it can't be a good thing to have someone, especially if many people might see Ed Crane as sort of not all that hundred percent libertarian. Hardcore, etc., or what have you. If he is coming out and saying Rand's not libertarian <laughs> enough, you know that that might not reflect too well, especially for a lot of the hardcores, the anarchists, the Murray Rothbards, etc., the Rothbardians. I guess I might say right, exactly. But, not uh, not even he's desperate enough to take that uh, that person home from the party type of deal, right? Yeah. Um, now, one good thing I'll take of this, you know, just to say there is a silver lining to what will clearly be a minus. Oh, that really you actually got me excited for a second. No nope. reason I thought it was going to be a Paul F. <laughs> no, no. Playing with my emotions. No, but there's a silver lining in that uh, perhaps... So the minus is the losing of the pack. The losing right? of the pack is clear. the minus. And, and, yeah, right. Very, very clear. I, too, will give us give it a minus because how could that be good? No, it can't it's be always good bad. To lose some support from somebody. The only way it could be good, though, having said it can't be good, it will, can be good in a way. Okay. And that way is that it might force him... To actually, you know, like he, like these private donors have been saying, you know, hey, get back to your libertarian roots. Start talking about it. This is what makes you different. This is what people want to see. And if he, if that forces him to do that, fantastic. You know, great. thank you, uh, Ed Crane, for dropping out and, and pulling your support back. It's going to bring us bring us the Rand that we all thought we were going to get. We'll see where it goes. And uh, now, speaking of the money thing, because that, that's where this quote came from. He, the, the Sergio Gore character, he was coming out and saying, "Look, we're on an upward trend." A lot of the key donors had privately said, "Look, look, you got to get more libertarian here." Yada yada yada. And then they released the numbers for the the last quarter, and he raised how much did he raise? Two point five million. Okay. And uh, do you think that's good? No, I think it's horrible. Okay, that's horrible. Because <laughs> I seem to remember his dad more than one occasion routinely raising sums like that in a day with some of his big money yeah, bombs. Yeah, some of his bombs. I know had, Ryan had some money, money bomb going, and we talked about this with Johnny Adams on, on the last Libertarians in the Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. And where we had all said, you know, all of us had given to Ron Paul, but none of us had given to Rand. So yeah. It's not because I don't like the guy, but he doesn't inspire me to send him money that I work hard for. No, me Instead, neither. I spend the money on this podcast and on our website. <laughs> Which is so, a much better use of it. Yeah, so you know that that's obviously you know not not the best numbers in the world. At the same time, the reason Sergio Gore came out and said, "Look, we're we're doing things differently because you know these private donors have been coming to us." He's he's kind of spinning it. Of course, that's what spokesmen are supposed to do. But he's saying most of this money or a lot of it was seven hundred fifty thousand since the debate, which was only like the last two weeks of the quarter or something like right. that. So he's saying, yeah, you know, the numbers aren't amazing, but we're, we're trending upwards. And, you know, he, he did a better, had a better debate performance and this is being reflected in the numbers and we're on, we're on the way up. So well, I'm sure that's true. You know, and I, I would bet he did get a boost from the last debate performance. But on the other hand, as you know, even if he's getting a boost, they raised 2.5. They spent last quarter 4.5. So they're still, Ooh. you know, yeah, they're not That's exactly not rolling in the dough. <laughs> they're not making a rain on anybody. So 
Yeah, it's still not looking great. You know, they're going to have to raise a hell of a lot more money to even break even, let alone start getting to the point where they're saying, okay, we're flush with cash. Now we can go after more of these these caucus states. Because right now, they might have enough where they can contend for the next couple of months because they only got a couple of places. They got to focus on Iowa. They got to focus on New Hampshire, um, you know, and maybe some of the, the major, major metropolitan markets where the media are based. Otherwise, you know... Once you get past that and you have to start spending money and going a lot wider and paying a lot more people to run a lot more campaigns if they're not volunteering to do it, you're going to be completely screwed. So, so again, the money also gets a... Minus! And, yeah, I mean, I remember the money bombs, the Ron Paul money bombs. And, yeah, this is this is not a, a good showing compared to, especially if the idea was, you know, we're, Ron Paul's running here to build this base up and have this base here ready to go in Rand Runs 2016. I mean, that's basically the long strategy we'd, we'd heard about, I guess we'd heard people theorizing about for so many years. And, you know, that's supposed to be the reason that Rand sort of endorsed Romney and all this stuff, because it's, it's this long game. But the, the problem with the long game and the, the compromising with the GOP is it doesn't seem to inspire the base. And when you're not inspiring the base, they're not going to take out their pocketbooks. I don't know. Are they, uh, no. <laughs> wallets, whatever you want to say, wherever you keep your money. PayPal accounts, bitcoins, whatever you want to, <laughs> whatever method you guys use to send money to politicians if you do. Because it seems that people are putting their money towards different things or just hoarding it under the pillows. Yeah. They're not sending it to Rand. No, they're definitely not. And they're not having beer pong tournaments to raise money for they're them not. either. We should have one to, for our website. Yeah. We should, I, we should run a beer pong tournament. Damn well just, right we Just should. for our own use. Yeah. So we can talk about Rand Paul instead of sending him money. <laughs> <laughs> we should invite him. Maybe he's incredibly good at beer pong. Who, Rand Paul? Yeah. He's an ophthalmologist. He's probably got We're great vision. We're talking about the Aqua Buddha here. I'm pretty sure he's played beer That's pong. That's true. We are talking about the Aqua Buddha. All right. So let, let's talk a little bit more about sort of the ups and downs. And I, We'll get to the poll numbers thing in a second. I just want to briefly go back a couple of weeks and talk about this uh, this Michigan straw poll. And mm-hmm. obviously, this was not like reported all over the media, but Rand did actually win a somewhat significant straw poll in Michigan. So why don't you tell us about that? Well, he did. Yeah, he did. He, he won it, and he won it, I think, fairly well. Well, it's it's a it's a straw poll that's pretty well attended. Uh, he got twenty two percent. Fiorina, who actually campaigned pretty hard in the in the state and around the area, got fifteen percent, and then Kasich with uh, with thirteen percent or Kasich, whatever. Uh, who I also do like better than the field, other than Rand, at least. Yeah, I gotta say, Kasich out of all the others strikes me as not as scary, rational. Not that he's like a rational. He seems man. all right. I yeah. mean, people. Are calling Carly like an okay, reasonable candidate, but this woman's calling for bombing Russia. I mean, yeah. if that's what's seen as reasonable by a lot of people, I'm I'm very frightened for, for the future of reason. But Kasich doesn't seem like as bad. I got that's a, I guess the best compliment I can give. The right, guy. exactly. He's and not then, a champion of liberty or anything, but and Ben Carson, who is currently tied with Trump oh. at the top of the polls, came in at five percent, making me say. Mackinac Island, you're racist. <laughs> Obviously. There, there's no other conclusion we can I draw. mean, look, it's just said. No, but it, it's a pretty good, uh, I mean, I was just saying, it's not a great indicator necessarily because straw polls, as we know, it's who comes out. But this is a pretty high level one. It's very well, um, you know, it got good media coverage. People did cover it and said, oh, you know, not bad, ran, good job. Whether or not it's going to carry over and really roll into anything, give them any momentum, mm. It doesn't really look like it has because we're looking at the national polls. But, of course, that's a strong point of contention. So and I'll we, give them for this specific one, Paul Luss. Yeah. All right. And I, how can you not? I don't know how I can disagree. You win a straw poll. That's got to be a Paul Luss, right? Yeah. 
Paul S. Nice. Cool. But, uh, and this is a little more significant than in years past, you might be able to say, just because there is no more Iowa straw poll. That used to happen every August. It was the big thing. It was seen as the first testing ground. So this is really the first major straw poll to, is, come, yeah. to come after that. So, you know, you say like the most organized, you know, the most enthusiastic or most involved people are who comes out for these. But that's the same thing in a caucus state in the first vote is the caucus in Iowa so mm-hmm. maybe that is a good sign of of if he and you know Rand Paul I heard him say something about I've got a thousand students ready to campaign for me in Iowa and hit the ground for me so you know he's he's talking a big talk he's talking like he's in this thing for the long haul so uh we will see yeah now you you mentioned big student uh, support so bro there's, there's another way to kind of get into this polling question because Mark didn't go but I actually went Back in the, uh, you know, when Ron was running in the 2011, 2012-ish kind of he's getting geared up era. And I went over to UCLA and and I took a lot of video from this event. It was a big rally for Ron Paul. Try to hunt that down. That was before we even had our own YouTube channel, but it does exist on YouTube somewhere. It's like Waterworld, man. It's out there. We're going to find it. So we'll post it. But it was a massively attended event. I remember pulling up. There was traffic. I got in there. There was a line of students. I mean, a thousand deep just to sit down. And it was held in the tennis stadium. And you go in there and people were going crazy. Incredibly enthusiastic for Ron Paul. And if Rand's got any any kind of support like that, then, you know, it might show up and he might make a, a pretty big impact and have a lot of grassroots, especially in that Iowa caucus, as we talked about. But... Here's what I want to kind of talk about a little bit. Now, there's been a lot of polls coming out. And I just wrote about uh, a recent poll in uh, in one of the recent ra- editions of Rand Paulus's Minuses. The Reuters poll is where he actually came in with some surprisingly good numbers. Yeah. He he beat Cruz. He beat Rubio. He's still below, you know, the, the main headliners. But he had get posted a 5.6% rate. So that was pretty good. That's a huge, you know, boost from the 3% and, and various polls. It's like 1% or 4% or 3%. This is 5.6 in a, in a Reuters poll, which is great. So you look at these numbers, though, and they're definitely skewed. And at the same time I'm writing this, this story, I noticed an article came out which had referenced the fact that pollsters themselves, you know, under, you know, anonymity, uh, had said that, look, the numbers are not accurate. And in fact, they're the most inaccurate numbers that they've ever had. And that it's kind of crazy that we're even using them to decide who gets into the debates or who runs as a presidential candidate. It is crazy. Good. Now, I'm, I wanted to see if you had anything else to say. Now, I'll, I'll keep rambling on. <laughs> no, well, I mean. Because <laughs> I got more to add to it. Okay, well, then keep rambling. About the whys. All right, here's the, here's the whys. Because <laughs> I have nothing revelationary to add. All right. So here's the. I know I usually do, so there's an expectation, but. Right. Now, you I'll, can you, you'll go to guess this stuff. All right. Now, you know, typically polls, how polling is done, even though we're in a technological age, they still literally call people not on their cell phones, but on their landlines. Now, who's got landlines? Old people have landlines. Hey, my dad is sitting there next to his landline going, hey. When's my son going to call me? He's picking it up and calling me in anger right now. (laughs) Who are you calling old? But he does have a landline, so. Well, I hope he's not calling you on a landline because he's not going to get you because you don't have one. True. No, he's well, he can call me. It's from a landline to my. I know it was a joke. Oh, it was just a bad one. Okay, it's a great joke. You just didn't get it. Okay, you'll slow on the uptake. Moving so, along, moving along. So anyway, nobody's got landlines. So uh, these pollers, they only call landlines, and the people that are, are unreachable on landlines half the time because they're not home or they're or the landlines are disconnected. Nobody under forty that I know really has a landline anymore. And when the pollsters try to call people's cell numbers who might have opted in. Like, I get numbers. I see, like, 202. I'm like, ah, it's going to be a, a, a poll or a spam call. I don't pick up. 
Do you ever pick those calls up? Do you pick up any call you don't recognize the number? No, not unless I'm expecting some call from someone whose number I don't know and, you know. A call girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, <laughs> sometimes I get calls for, for work and someone will email me, oh, I'll call you in a few minutes, you know, something like that. Right. But then, you're, yeah, you're like looking in the next 10 minutes or something, the next hour. Yeah. So but it's like. Generally, no. Generally, no. And it's like, and a lot of times we'll say private caller and you're like, well, definitely not picking that up, you know? So they admitted, they're like, look, there's our polls are not right. And when you look at the people who actually have the landlines that are reachable, the people that are going to be home, that are going to want to pick up the phone, it is all skewed way older, way, way older. So all the numbers you're seeing and all the people that they're reaching are either people that don't have cell phones, don't have internet phones, or are older. So the poll numbers are incredibly skewed and incredibly inaccurate. And that's what I'm saying is you look at Ron Paul's, you know, polling numbers back in the day, they were low, but then you'd go out and you'd see this massive support. And I'm wondering if it's similar right now with Rand. What do you think? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think that Rand is going to be filling any stadiums, Bernie Sanders style. So I don't know if you can to compare the, you know, compare it necessarily to the the difference. But I mean, I think there's legitimacy to that idea that these these polling systems are outdated. And like you said, all these these pollsters have all come out and said, look, these are not like solid enough things that you should really be basing debate entry criteria on. Like that's pretty ridiculous. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, with this many candidates, we start off with 16, 17 nationally known ones, but there are other people that were, are Republican candidates that you're never going to hear about because no, no. they're not even on the radar enough to get to even be polled. So not only are, are the polls not necessarily trustworthy, but you also have people that aren't even on the polls in the first place. So that, that skews it even more. So, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. Obviously, you can't have a stage of, of 100 people, but... I mean, to, to use these polls, especially when they're talking about tenths of a percent difference between people, to use them as, as a criteria for a debate, I mean, that it's troublesome. Especially because some people might get left off entirely who are maybe have the same support as some other people that are going to be on the main stage. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, one way, I just, I just think this is an interesting topic to kind of bandy about. Maybe we should do it on a liquor, uh, liquor podcast as well. But you want me to run to the store right now? We can make this one. Let's do it! I keep some, uh, some old... Uh, rubbing alcohol in the closet, we could squeeze an orange into it. I've got some NyQuil. I think we'll be drinking enough of that. Oh, we'll, perfect. We'll make I, a I really need interesting it anyway, podcast. I'm going to sleep when we're done. Uh, no, how about this, Eddie? Maybe they should do it kind of like a tournament style. You know, you have a, you have state regions. You have your like the other. How many people are there from a region of state? You can get them all on stage at the same time. See how they do. You know, do some polling oh, like, after like the event. Qualifiers. Qualifiers. So, like, Rand yeah. would like dominate the Kentucky. You exactly. Know, he would kill no a little hockey qualifier. Yeah, you'd automatically advance if you know unopposed, and then you could do it. I write about this in the article. We've like all the got final cell four, phones. like the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and we've all got cell phones. People watching the debates have an American Idol style text in oh, to they support tr- they somebody. They tried that, and Ron Paul won all the debates. So then they said, "Oh, we can't do that anymore." Well, you could, yeah, but it's easy to do <laughs> if you do it within the state. You could have people state, you know, buy. Phone numbers are by where they're where they're you know their cell signals. There's ways to do it with technology. They're pretty easily to do. Oh, I'm not saying we can't do it. I'm just saying I don't think the mainstream media and the people that control the debates will like the results. They and, probably won't. And the whole point of these debates, let's be honest, is to skewer the results. I mean, to they focus on certain people in these debates and they downplay other people. I mean, you can they do it just by having the main debate and the kitty debate. Anybody Clearly. they call it a kitty debate for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, they don't really call it that, but they sort of do. They say they're they're sitting at the kitty table here. Like, yep. I mean, they're basically our already going to tell you that these group of candidates are a lesser level than these other people. So, I mean, the only one to move out of that was Carly, but I think even that, 
had some planning behind it. Not to be too Alex Jonesy conspiracy, you know. They're manipulating the media for the new, the new world order. Ah, the new world order. But, you know. Well, there is. There's we, obviously some sort of well, efforts to manipulate the process. Look at Fox News leaving Rand Paul off polls all the damn time. They finally have kept him on now because he's too much of a big figure. But in the beginning of these of these uh, debates, at the beginning of the polling, he was left off all the time. Constantly was left off. So even though he was publicly polling at like 7%, it was higher than he is now, he was left off polls where people like Rubio were at 3% and they were on there. So how do you rate all this polling stuff? Both his his current polls that came out this week, which do seem good, although there's other ones that don't seem good, mm-hmm. so I don't even know how we judge it. But also, I think just this general idea that we actually have pollsters come out and saying you can't rely on, on our polls. I rate it as a plus. A plus or a, a polus? plus and a plus. Oh my god, the puns. The puns. Puns galore, baby. That's what you're going to get here. So, yeah, man, I, it's, I think it's positive. It's Hopefully, it inspires people to look at polls differently and maybe give a little bit more credence to online polling, which I love the online polling. They're like, oh, it's too easy to, to cheat and blah, 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 but it's not because you can limit it to one IP address per vote, so it's really not that skewed. It's just who's going to go and vote, showing support, just like in everything should be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to say because you have these, obviously, these phone pollings are, are just dumb. I mean, they're obviously calling certain, you're like you said, there's certain demographics that are going to get the, those polls, that are going to respond to those polls, and that are going to take the time to participate in these polls. I might if I ever got one. I, see, I've never been polled in my life. You said he'd never been polled in your life. John Odermatt said he's never been polled in his life. No. These are all people we know that are the most politically Well, I might have been. They might have tried, but I didn't pick up the phone. Exactly. So that's <laughs> the point. So whoever so. they're getting to is nobody we know like nobody we even encounter in political dialogue so i don't know who's getting pulled but it's clearly uh, like one demographic well it's like the nielsen boxes that people have in their houses like does you know anybody with a do nielsen those still box? exist they still oh yeah they still exist they do still use still, the notebooks dude, i was just gonna say dude I, when, I remember being so excited when i was like 10 years old because i filled out that i was so proud of myself filling out everything i was watching all week and they sent they send you like a dollar you had like, one you yeah. had nielsen oh my we, god we had a wow, notebook you're, you're the only person i knew that had oh one. yeah no we had wow one. you are middle America. And they, they send you a dollar. Ain't that America? Connecticut is not the middle of America. No, I just mean your middle America in that. You're, they only select oh, yeah, people that middle. are like the middle America demographic. Oh, yeah. We fit right in. Yeah. My, no, the nuclear family. Two kids, white family. What more do you need? Yeah. Jews. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need? Who would you want to pull more? Really? Future so, libertarian? Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so that's, yeah. I, I, I would love I to go back and see the results of my, my, my uh, Nielsen notebook right now. Just to see what, what do you think. Charles, what the, what, Charles in charge. What did I watch that turned me into a, a, you know, a raging and, libertarian uh, BBC. Yeah, I don't, God, what could you watch? What's the most libertarian Today's special? Show? I used to watch that. I, don't I know used to watch Captain it. Planet, and I am against all that now. <laughs> now you want to destroy the planet. <laughs> I root for I, all the we smog We should like monsters. Captain Planet because he, was, he wasn't using government to fight the ills of the evil. That's evils. a good He point. was actually fighting legitimate polluters in most of those episodes. He yeah, was he, like, was. He, oh, was, he, he was. Oh, you're protecting stuff? personal. Screw he was protecting you. property rights. Yeah. I think on his own. This could be a whole series of mm. articles. Although, how Captain Planet protects property Although rights. I don't like how he was a universal force for good like America's Navy. I'm not sure who funded Captain Planet either. Did he have like shadowy funding? It was like, probably like the Sierra Club or something. Or he has worked for the U.S. government. <laughs> Tune in I next hope, week. Tune in next week to the thrilling conclusion when we when reveal we who Captain Planet worked for. Captain Planet. So uh, I'll give it a Paul Us as well, by the way, because I get back to our rating system here. Sweet. Because uh, it's the first decent poll I've seen him in in a while. At least it actually had him above Rubio and Cruz and guys yeah. that people you know take seriously. Uh, one thing I want to address that is something I just 
read today um, that I hadn't really thought of. It was something we've discussed before, how you know they're, they're saying, look, if, if, if Rand Paul doesn't start getting better numbers here in, in the debates, doesn't get a polling numbers, it doesn't look like he's going to get traction in Iowa or New Hampshire, I'm not saying that now, but if it's not looking like that, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to pull out and focus on a Senate race, because now people are saying he might actually be vulnerable in the Senate. Yeah. Um, which I usually the Republican nominee does win in Kentucky, but I mean, I have not delved into this too deeply, but I've read that there are some people concerned that if he doesn't focus on that and the president thing doesn't go well either at the same time, people are going to say, this guy's out here wasting his time on this presidential campaign. His opponent's going to use this as a campaign piece. Ron, R- Rand Paul would rather pull 2% than, and, you know, go traipsing on about whatever he wants to talk about than focus on Kentucky, stuff like that. So that, that puts him in one scenario where, yeah, at some point, maybe in January, let's say he loses the Iowa caucus, for example, and, and is the last place or, you know, last place in New Hampshire. I mean, I think if those things happen, he probably would have to consider actually dropping out at that point. Um, at the same time, we talked about this a few weeks ago. He gave, I think it was 750000 500000 yeah. to the state of Kentucky for this caucus. That's part of why they outspent the money they they uh, right. raised last time. Because they put all this money towards the caucus right. in Kentucky so that he would be able to run both as president and as the senator, because in Kentucky you can't be on the ballot for twice. So he's not going to be on the pri- two primary ballots. He's only going to be on one primary ballot, for or one ballot from the Senate, and then in the caucus for the Republican primary. So that that is the, was his get-around of how he can run for both of these offices at the same time. So uh, what do you think about that? Well... Maybe you should write about it next week. Since I already probably... wrote about it once. Oh. <laughs> no, but I mean this this dilemma he's in. Oh, the dilemma? Well, I mean, the dilemma, it's, I think it's going to come down to the fact that the poll, well, I'd say the polls, which are already, we already said are just unreliable, but the polls are going to dictate, and the money coming in is going to dictate whether he stays. I think the, the money more than the polls. If yeah. he gets an outpouring of money, I mean, they're going to be related in some way. If he, if his support is increasing, but um, you know, the people well, money that- shows support better than polls does. If he's got money coming in, because even Ron ran out, you know, there, we did the money bombs, and he got a lot of money up front, and then it petered out because you know people like us were like. I don't got no more money for you. You're hoping more people are going to give after sure. our initial. Push. When it gets to April, and you know the Ron Paul is basically still like getting two percent, and yeah. he's still running. People aren't sending money anymore. Yeah, exactly. Even though Jesse Benton was sending me emails telling me how he was, they they were fighting the delegate strategy and all these things. Then the next day, they said, "Just kidding, we're not really doing that." Mm-hmm. Thanks for the money, though. Right. Going to campaign for liberty. So hope you like what we're doing. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, oh, he's keeping it. That's yeah. Okay. Remember that guy? Remember when all that happened? Oh, ben, that I blame I'm, Benton. That's annoying. He was pro- he kept it to pay off other politicians. To endorse, See, uh, and, and th- that kind of did piss me off because I'm just going to go on a rant about this for a second because, you know, I gave that money to Ron Paul because he was spreading his message and he was running an educational campaign and I liked that he was doing that. And when they harped on us for more money because they claimed they were going to go ahead and this is a four-year-old wound I'm, I'm reopening here, I guess, you know, and I said, all right, I mean, I had already maxed out at that point because I maxed out for Ron Paul, gave Rand Paul zero. What does that tell you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that they did that and harped on us for more money and then said, just kidding, we're not actually... We're not actually going to try. We're actually going to just declare that the campaign's over and uh, Rand Paul is going to endorse Mitt Romney and we're going to do this whole, you know, long con, long strategy, whatever. That whole thing really puts a sour t- taste in my mouth. And that's why I'm hesitant to send the money again. It's one of the reasons. If Rand was firing me up, maybe I'd send him some money. But, you know, if I've got a choice, you know, record a few more podcasts or send money to Rand Paul, I'm, I'm keep, we're doing more podcasts, baby. <laughs> Oh, you know, I'm in. I support the podcast over I support yeah. Rand Paul. I mean, Jesus. You can't, like I said, you can't, it's it's hard to really get behind it because you just don't know. There's so many variables and this is going to really hurt my campaign raising. I think, you know, knowing that there are too many variables, knowing that he may drop out and we don't know what he's going to do with the money. I would think that, 
I, I mean, I got to think he would refund it, but who knows? Maybe he'll put it towards going and doing pro bono surgeries in Haiti, which he does. He'll I, go I to, know. like, Campaign for Liberty. As well, it better not. It'll go to Jesse Benton's okay. uh, defense fund for his bail. <laughs> uh, I think that might be illegal in campaign finance law, but I'm no expert. I'm not either. Uh, why don't we just end this white touching on one little item from last week uh, so we can be trendy? Because there, as many people know, the Daily Show has relaunched now that yeah. John Stewart has stepped down. Have you they watched have, it yet, by the way? I have not watched it. I have not either. I, I'm not. I, I just from the from the. It's like the Ron Rand thing. I'm not as far. I'm not as passionate for Trevor Noah, so I don't go no, out of my. I got to be honest. I hadn't watched the Daily Show in years. I'd watched the occasional clip. Yeah, I watched clips. So from I it. can't really. I was never. There was a time when I watched it daily, but but even like I mean, I would watch it out of curiosity to see how he is. But it's like his his demeanor to me is not as engaging. He's just very dead fish, deadpan. I've actually never seen him way. even do anything. I've never seen, even seen him talk. Even this quote we're going to talk about, I didn't hear it. I, I read it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also I also read it. He could be anybody. To me. Can I say, you know, sometimes you got to read things. Like, I keep so what, in my what mind. did Trevor Noah say about our Randy Pants hashtag? Well, hashtag Randy Pants. He basically just came out and he said that he was, uh, he didn't, you know, say, I support Rand Paul for president or in the South African accent, which I can't do a South African accent. Is, I'm he, not is he South African? He's South African, yeah. Oh, I support Rand, Rand Paul for president. That's that terrible. is terrible. That is like you're teaching. It's like it's from My Fair Lady and you're the Cockney woman in yeah, it. Yeah, that was more like Crocker. Hello, governor. <laughs> Teach me to speak. Put marbles in my mouth. Uh, and that, 2016. And that was our edition of My Fair Lady, also known as Pygmalion. You can find uh, us on Broadway. Lions of Liberty is also available for uh, voiceover work. And, That's right. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'll do a pirate next. I also do a good Nixon. All right. So, um, all right. So anyway, what he said was he came out and he said, yeah, you know, he, some of the stuff Rand Paul was saying, he said, quote unquote, yeah, I like that. And uh, I he thought we weren't going to do I the did accents. it anyway. I like to do the bait and switch. Okay. So he says, you know, I think we can move forward in that regard. And, you know, something about Social Security reform, for example, looking at how to adjust benefits so that we're not in a, a, as deep of a debt situation. Um, you know, he basically just said that he's he's willing to listen to him and that. He's a guy. Is he guy South African saying, or is he like an American citizen now? Why does he, um, why does he care about Social Security? I think he's probably. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know if I care. Well, do your damn research. I don't, well, care. I don't care either. He's so. a talking head. Who cares what he says? Is, is uh, what's his face? Piers Morgan wasn't American either. And look what happened to him. Kicked ship, him back over the ship pond. Him, ship him back. I think he's doing he like soccer commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, long story short, Trevor Noah said. He likes Paul because he's got different opinions. He's not just you know stuck you know stuck in the neoconservative mud. And uh, he said he's thoughtful. He basically said what we said about John Kasich. The like big oh this guy doesn't seem as bad as I thought the other right, guys would be. Right. Because most progressive types will just kind of lump all the GOP candidates together and say they're all terrible. And I generally agree with that. But you know, Rand Paul and to some extent John Kasich uh, do seem like not as bad. I mean, t- I, I mean Rand Paul is, is considerably better for as much as we right. you know chastise him and criticize him and aren't as fired up by him. Yeah, I think we agree he's considerably better than the rest. Uh, some people out there do not agree. But uh, and then but then I in looking at the "Quote unquote rest case," like I'm like, ah, oh, he's not that bad, and that's kind of what Trevor Noah was saying. But that's that's uh, about Rand Paul, basically. Yeah. What do you, do you think it'll help him though? No, no, <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it'll help me either. So uh, what so, do you give uh, it? So we'd have a varying opinion on this. I give him, I gave it a Paulus. All right. Anyway, because look, it's still good because at least it's showing you know the hip young kids who might be independent or maybe some Democrats that aren't fans of Hillary. Although I think anybody that's Hip and young and democratic is probably uh, latching on to Bernie Sanders like a lamprey eel. But, you know, I think Trevor Noah supporting him is, is a good thing. And it's going to, you know, 
Bernie that, looks like he that, felt the burn in an electric socket. Oh my god, I know he looks like Doc. He, we talked about this already. He looks like Doc Brown from Back to the Future. He does. Oh man, it's a crazy old man. Get off my lawn! So uh, the I say that's a good thing, but at the same note, I just saw something with Trevor Noah that came out where he was Trevor Noah was saying that Republicans should uh, stop being anti-abortion and instead be anti-gun because. You know, that would save a lot more lives, which is a ridiculous and stupid thing to say. You know, but uh, I think a lot of Republicans now are probably completely turned off from Trevor Noah. So after saying that maybe this would help him, I'm looking back at saying maybe they're just going to hate him and feel it is one more reason to not support Rand Probably Paul. won't help in the Republican primaries. No. I mean, maybe uh, if, he, if he won maybe, them, somebody might be like, oh, yeah, Trevor Noah said he was all right. Yeah. Grand Paul 2016. Yeah. Uh-huh. Although then again, I was going to say that would be a, a horribly stupid thing to base your vote on, but people base their votes on people, much stupider things like oh freaking boy. Facebook memes. People base their votes on much, much worse things than Trevor Noah's endorsement. God, the Facebook memes. Oh, I, saw right, so so many, I saw so many this week. It's a to- I, we won't get into it just because of the, the there was a shooting again, and that just Facebook memes on Facebook memes about stupid. Just incorrect yeah. things. Memes need to end, and I'm guilty of posting a meme or two in my day. Don't get me wrong. I'll but... post funny memes. I, I don't like to post statistics like to memes because post... they're always they're always skewed and they're always oh, yeah. presented in a way that's completely untrue and not factual and just you know. I like to post memes debunking and and mocking other memes. I I completely agree. I, I mean to memes. And then we're gonna go full circle when someone's gonna start posting memes debunking those memes. Oh my god, we're getting so. Uh, what's the? I don't even know what it's yeah. called. We're going down the rabbit hole. Anyway, what's this podcast about? Rand Paul. It's, anyway. Let's just rename it to the meme. The yes. meme cast. I think it's time to to wrap things up now. Uh, we're gonna be doing something fun next week, and for the first time, am I gonna be there? Uh, I don't know. Are you? Yeah, I hope so. It's, I it's fun. I'm not sure if we nailed that down. Well, uh, we're gonna be. Watching and recapping. Not in the next episode. Next episode, I'll be speaking with Steve Horowitz, um, libertarian economist. He's a great guy. We had a great conversation. That'll be on Monday's show. And then next Thursday, we will be reconvening in the style of libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor to record a reaction show to the Democratic debates uh, yes. taking place next Tuesday. Which means I have to look up and figure out who the hell... At least three of the people are going to be on stage. Martin O'Malley, Lincoln Chafee. Lincoln Chafee. Yeah, Lincoln Chafee. Who Jim the hell Webb. is Lincoln Chafee? He's actually kind of interesting. Oh, I'm, I got to look him up. Yeah, you do. I like yeah, his name. He's a, you know what he should be? He should be a spokesman with that name. He should be a spokesman. <laughs> That's what we call a callback in the industry. There we go. All right. We've come full circle. I think that from, from Gore to Chafee. <laughs> That's as good as it's going to get for me tonight. From Gore to Chafee and Chafee to Gore... It has been a fun time, my friends. We will be back at some point in the future. We're still trying to work out a consistent schedule for this show. But uh, for now, we just do it whenever we feel like it. And that's yeah. when you're going to get it. But you know what? It's all going to come together. We're going to have a new show lineup. We're going to have a new something else, which is very exciting. It's around the corner. A lot of new stuff coming up. Oh, guys. baby. It's so much new stuff. If you even kind of like what we're doing now, you're really going to kind of like it soon. And by the way, I want to put a shout out for you. If you guys listen to this podcast and you enjoy it. We want to hear from you a lot more. So please tell us if you have comments. Please reach out. You can email us. Uh, and Mark, also Email me directly. Mark, M-A-R-C at lionsofliberty.com. You can hit us up on Facebook. Nope. Facebook.com slash lionsofliberty. Tweet to us if you're talking about the show with the hashtag randypants at lionsofliberty. And they can come and talk to us in our private group, the Lions of Liberty Forum. Just search that in your little searchy bar on Facebook, and I will let you right in. It's a private group, but as long as you don't look too creepy, I'll let you in. Perfect. Even if you do, I might. And... Tell us who you want to hear on the podcast. 
because we would love your feedback. If you got something to be a great every time guest, I ask, they know. just say more Brian McWilliams. That's <laughs> can all you want. can you blame them? No, no other requests. They say the same thing when I do the amateur night at the strip club. All right, guys, and until next week, until next time, we only have one more request, and that is, of course, to live long and, and live free. free. Are we done? Oh, we're still recording. But I never Lincoln stop recording. Chafee, Chafee, Lincoln, he's chafing my Lincoln dog. Ooh, I'd like to be your spokesman, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I need one after that. Oh, good night.